Greetings, my name is the Reverend Lisa Mason and I have the great honor of being the rector of St. John's Episcopal Church in Larchmont. I pray that you enjoy this time together. I'm inviting you to open your minds and hearts to whatever message God is sending you during this sermon. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I love when the lectionary, when our appointed readings, pair this story from Jonah with this gospel from Mark, the calling of the first disciples. I love it because not only does it so much clarify all the different ways that God calls us, but it also covers the gamut of how we respond to God. Now, Jonah, we don't have the beginning of the Jonah story, but we know that it takes two calls from God before Jonah goes in the right direction. When he first hears the call of God to go to Nineveh, you might remember that he literally turns around and runs in the opposite direction, gets on the boat. You know the rest of the story. The storm comes up. Jonah knows it's all about him. So he lets them throw them overboard and he lands in the belly of a very large fish or whale, depending on the tradition in which you grew up in. And he stays in that fish or whale, that messy belly for three days. And then he is thrown out. He is made alive again on the land. He is spit out on the land. But God never leaves us, nor does God ever stop calling us. And so God asks him again, and he goes, he's not happy about it. He really doesn't think the people of Nineveh should be forgiven because they've been living in very immoral ways. But he goes, and not only does God call him, but God equips him. He proclaims the message of the Lord and they immediately hear the words, recognize the way they've been living and they repent and they return to the Lord. They put ashes on themselves, they put sackcloth on, and they are truly repentance and repentful. Jonah is not happy. We don't get to hear the end of the story, but Jonah goes and he pouts. He's pouting, we know, for many reasons. One, that the people listened when he knew they wouldn't, and two, that God changed his mind, forgave them, and let them continue to live. Now, we don't ever hear the end of Jonah's story, but think about the times, perhaps in your life, I can personally speak to some, where God called me to do something, and I didn't maybe turn around immediately and run the other way, but I sure didn't get the message clearly enough to say yes immediately, which leads us to the fishermen. Jesus calls Andrew and Simon, who will later become Peter, Andrew was the first one to recognize the holiness of God through Jesus. They immediately stop what they're doing and they follow Jesus. The second part of that story I can imagine was a little more complicated. He gets to James and John, who are also fishermen, with their father who owns the family business. And they must have to have a really hard look at their father before they immediately leave the boat and follow Jesus. Don't you know that it might have taken Zebedee just a little while to be able to get his head and heart 
around what God was doing through these sons. I'm sure he had counted on them and probably the children that would come out of them later in their lives to run the family business. But the call of Jesus was the most powerful thing that they had heard. And so they leave it all behind and they go and follow Jesus. So we have two very opposite answers to God's call. We have Jonah who tries to run away in the opposite direction, but God won't let him go. And then we have James and John and Peter and Simon who immediately say yes. Now they immediately say yes, but I have to tell you they didn't always get it right. Think about all the times where Peter just steps out of all the expected boundaries, out of his exuberance, and often gets it wrong. So I invite you to think of the times that God has called you. Maybe you've heard that inner voice of God, or maybe God has called you into different ministries through another person or a group of people. Think about how you respond to those calls. I know for me, in the midst of my call to the ordination, I was kind of halfway in the middle. I decided I'd make a deal with God and I would just take on other ministries so that I didn't have to turn around and Kurt didn't have to turn around and leave everything we knew to go on a new adventure. But God never let me go. And the priest that sponsored me for seminary had great patience. I would come in and say, like, I think I want to be a part of this ministry. Okay. And then I'd go about three months later. I think I had this idea for a new ministry. And finally, like in the third of the six years that took me to say yes, he said, what are you going to tell me about today you want to do instead of listening to the call for ordination? I said, I'm thinking about something. So I've asked you to just think about when God calls you or when someone else, the altar guild, the ushers, the lay readers, the Eucharistic ministers, the coffee hour providers, the being nice to your neighbor who might be a little difficult to get along with, reaching out to someone in your workplace. How do you answer that nudging or sometimes that almost so apparent flash of knowing that God is calling you to do something. I promise you, is it, if it is God's call, go, follow, whether it takes you a while or whether you answer yes immediately and know without a doubt that you won't always get it right, but God will never let you go. And God will equip you over and over and over to whatever it is that God is calling you to do. Here's the other thing we need to remember is we've already said yes. We've already said yes to following Jesus. We say it at our baptism. We say it as we pray. We say it after communion. Sometimes I think we forget what that post-communion prayer says, and that is to send us out to do the work that God is calling us to do. In a few minutes, we get to baptize precious Sophie Francis Hart. I want you to take note of her gold shoes. That's the most fun part of this baptism as far as her getting ready. I love that. And we're going to say alongside Sophie's parents and godparents, we're going to say yes all over again. When you feel that fear of maybe not being prepared or being good enough for whatever it is that God is calling you to do, I invite you to turn to the baptismal covenant. Because in that, not only do we say yes over and over again, not only do we define and proclaim what we're saying yes to, which are pretty big calls on our lives, we also are given that space to be forgiven, to repent, and to return to the Lord. 
So as you renew your baptism covenant, if we all renew those baptism promises that somebody made on our behalf, if we were infants, or we made on our own, really let those words sink in and know without a doubt, you are worthy, you are called, and you are loved. And God will send us out over and over again. And we will be the hands and feet and eyes and hearts of Jesus. Amen. Now let's baptize. Thank you again for this time together. I pray that we always remember that we are part of a much bigger story, the story of God's love for God's people and the call for us to learn how to love God and learn how to love each and every other person we encounter with the kind of love that God has for us. And now for a blessing. Be present to today. Do not be anxious about what might happen tomorrow. The same God who cares for you today will care for you tomorrow. God will either shield you from suffering or you will be given the unfailing strength to bear it. So be at peace then and cast aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations in the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you this day and remain with you forever. Amen.